Warning, the following podcast contains spoilers and swears. your name evelyn rogers what's your name scott rogers what's your name evelyn rogers what's your name scott rogers what's your name evelyn and this is a podcast about the magicians and magicians related things what's the name of the podcast fillery and, and father. father hooray wow we're on season four episode four 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 of the magicians titled mary fuck kill Woo. You have to use that language. It's literally what the name of the episode is. Do you think they would have printed that in the TV guide if TV guide was still around? It does, in fact, say that, that there's a little asterisk where the U is. Oh, like that helps. Yeah. <laughs> so how would you pronounce that? Fuck. How about... Fuck. No, I don't think an asterisk makes that noise. Maybe it does. It's kind of swirly, right? It's not swirly. Yeah, maybe an asterisk goes... I'm sure this is great audio. Like it spins around, uh-huh. and it makes that noise. Uh-huh. It maybe goes. So it's really Mary. Kill. Okay. Who's attracted by? I have no clue. You didn't write it down. I wasn't paying attention. Okay. Well, I was too busy being offended by the title. Okay. Well, let's just say it's Chris Taylor. Just say. Yeah, why not? Yeah, he maybe directs we're everything. Right. Maybe we're right. Possibly. Who knows? Um, <laughs> but the episode starts. We get to see Jennifer, the monster, Josh, and Penny23. Um, and they're having a party. No, Josh is making condolence muffins uh, for Quentin because his dad, Ted, died. Pour one out for Theodore Coldwater. Poor he will be sorely missed. Quentin's dad, who thought Poor he was going to get a dad. regular gig. Working, hey, I get to be the dad of the main character. That means I get to be, I'm going to be on all the time, right? He dies in the books, too. So it was only a matter of time before the hit was taken. I'm surprised he lasted four seasons. (laughs) Well, he lasted three books. Right. Yeah. But it was very sad. We're very sad about Ted Coldwater. He was the best. What a guy. He was a man who liked to make models. He liked to make models, and in the books... He had an obsession with Jeff Goldblum, and he will forever be remembered for those two things, and that he was divorced. Those was he divorced in the book? D- no, not in the book. They that's had a sad. very loving relationship, so much so that they ignored their son. Well, that's what you do when you're in love. That's what you do? You ignore your children. You ignore your children. Okay. You just stare wistfully into each other's eyes. Uh-huh, like um, Eleuthingol and Melian. What? And the Silmarillion. Eleuthingoblion? <laughs> no, they're... Oh, they're they're elves. Elves. They're elves. <laughs> Don't you mean goof? <laughs> what? what even? What kind of point are you trying I'm to make? Making an asterisk where the U is. No, that's not. There's no U in elf. No, you said goofer. No. Or Gunther? What? <laughs> no. Um, Eluthingol. Eluthingol? Yeah. All right. That's he, like Rachel Gol. He's the king of the Sindar. The elves. Sindar elves. Does they're that the mean they're that on stay, fire? They're the ones that stay in Middle Earth. Why do they stay in Middle Earth? Because. Because they already own property and they don't want to give it up. No, because Eluthingol fell in love with Melian, who was a Meyer, 
who is a, a, a Meyer. It's basically like a demigod. Okay. And um, they fell in love so hard that they stared at each other for like 25 years or something. See, without that's what anything. I said. What happens when you're in love? You ignore your children. <laughs> that's why and I you referenced just stare it. at each other. That's why I referenced it. No, that's why I referenced <laughs> no, it. No, but that's why I anyway. But they stare at each other, and the, and the whole time the the gods the Valar are like, "Hey guys, come to Amon. It's great over here." And the elves that uh, you know. Aluth and Gaul is king over. They're like, oh, but we want to find our like guy. Like our guy's been missing for several years. And then he finally they break their trance and like, okay, we're married now. Like we did it. We are more married now. We you married stared. just by staring at we, each other. Well, they had like, it's like common law. <laughs> they had like psychic talking the whole time that they were staring at each other in the woods. And then the king, he's like, you know, well, why should we leave? My hot wife's here. <laughs> and so they're like, okay. So, like, they don't leave. All right. So they're the elves that stay behind on the So just two of them? No, there's more than two. Oh. There's a whole bunch. But only those are the two that stared. The, they, yeah, those are the only two that stared at like each other. It's not like the children of the staring elves are the other elves that stay? No, but um, Eluthingol's daughter is Luthien, who is like the hottest elf of all time. All right, but you know what? This isn't a uh, Luthien podcast. Similarian, yes. I could insert an ad right now, but I no, won't. No, don't. Please, I won't, please but don't. maybe I'll do it no, in don't. 30 minutes. Stop it. <laughs> all right, anyway, let's talk about this episode, which has very little staring and no there's love. There's some staring. There is some love. All right, there's some love. There's That's lots true. of staring in this episode, actually. Is there? Yeah. <laughs> Did you not pay attention? I wasn't staring at it. You weren't staring at the TV like you were supposed to? I was watching it. Uh-huh. I watched it. Uh-huh. All right, so let's keep going. But pour, pour one out for Quentin's dad. He's dead. It's yep. very sad. Um, and... Um, Margot, she goes over to the monster who's been observing his little god bean for god knows how long, just trying to figure out what's inside that little Rubik's cube of a bean. It's not a Rubik's cube; it's, it's like not. a big jelly blob. It's a jelly. It's bean. like a jelly kidney. It's a kidney stone, a it's big a... old kidney stone. Yes. Um, and Margot comes over to him, and she says, "Hey, you know, we got Bacchus for you, so the deal is over now." Why don't you give us Elliot back? You know, why don't you go possess someone who's, like, like not human? Wouldn't that be fun? You could do different stuff. It would be great. And the monster says, no. Um, in fact, Margot says, you know, Bacchus is Dunsies. We don't need to worry about this anymore. And then the monster says, do not speak of me of Dunsies. <laughs> and um, the monster says, no, I'm going to keep this body. I've still got more gods to find. Um, and kind of leaves it at that and disappears. You know, Margot has to be careful, though, because she's sassing off a lot to the monster, and the monster doesn't mess around. I mean, look how fast it tried to kill Josh. I know, but, you know... It's got a hair trigger. Margot loves Elliot, and they're best friends, so of course she's going to fight for him. That's true. Um, and then we see uh, Josh with Margot. He offers her some of the condolences muffins that he's made, and Margot happily takes one. She's like, damn, this is a really good muffin. Josh makes good muffins, confirmed. Um, well, that was from the but book, we already knew right? That. The book, he was a good cook, right? No, Josh was not the good cook. It was Elliot who was the good cook. Oh, Josh is the good cook in the show. Josh is the good cook in the show, yes. Okay. But um, he, they're talking, and, you know, she's like, how are you feeling? And he's like, how are you feeling, you know? Um, and Josh says, you know, I'm not, I'm not happy about Bacchus, but I can also see how s upset you are about the fact that, you know, Elliot is still possessed and how awful this situation is. And while they're kind of having that, you know, conversation, 
some weird stuff starts to happen. You hear like whispers in his ears and Josh's ears. And there's like some weird kind of shots of Margot's legs and stuff and her eating the muffin. And then all of a sudden there's blood dripping down, you know, Josh's hand. And he starts to transform into a werewolf. And then he pounces Margot and presumably eats her. It's not a really good looking werewolf. Although the silhouette of the The werewolf is is cool. I would have liked to have seen that werewolf. Mm -hmm. Right? But they didn't. They they only showed out enough for the the mask. Well, it wasn't even a mask. It was like hair glued on Josh's face. Well, no. When they did the little silhouette. Was that a mask, you think? Or do you think they animated the shadow? I think it was a mask. You think so? All right. Well, it was a cool mask. At least the shadow of it was. Mm -hmm. So, yes, we got Where Josh. Where Josh, which we've known about. And he's going to go on a killing rampage. He's going to go on a killing rampage. But But instead, it's actually a dream. That old chestnut. he wakes up and he's like, "Oh, oh, oh, my God. Oh, thank God. It was just a dream. And then he looks under his covers and what's there but a dead... Uh, animal head, presumably a horse. Yes, and then all Script. of a sudden this becomes an episode of The Godfather. <laughs> yes. Do you and even get that reference? Yes, I do. Oh, okay, that's I good. Kn- I know. Have you seen The Godfather? I've not seen The Godfather, but I know meme. of the horse. All right, and then yes. Josh throws up, which yes, this show does. loves to show. He does throw up. There's, there's too much throwing up in this show. Well, too bad you can't make your own. You know... I think my version of the of the magicians yeah would be slightly more pleasant to watch. Yeah, how yes. so? There'd be less vomiting. Describe it. it. There'd be less vomiting. Uh, there'd be less swears. Uh-huh. And there'd be more sex. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, there'd be less sadness yeah. and be less suicide. Thank you. Yes. What else? Uh, and um, Alice would hook up with Quentin and they'd live happily ever after. Eh. What do you mean, eh? eh? And then it would turn into friends with magic. Eh. It would be like a bewitched, eh. where Quentin and Alice live in a nice little apartment, eh. and they're across the way. Uh, neighbors are are um, Josh eh. and then Joey Trebbiani from Friends would actually be in the <laughs> yeah. show. And then Margot well, we know, would we all live. We know that Ross died of influenza. And the Ross just isn't even in it. He it's died, Elliot he instead. No, Elliot works at a museum, and he's got a, a pet museum. monkey. And um, okay. Margot lives with. Um, this is not a good reboot. With Phoebe. And, this, is a, this is a bad and, reboot. Uh, 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 and what's a, her name? This is not Who a married good, Bad Pitt? This is not a good reboot. What's her name with the hair? This is. <laughs> This is not a good reboot. <laughs> Why not? I don't like it. You don't that. like it. Why I don't not? think it's good. And it could start every episode. Could go. <laughs> da, 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 da. No, bad, bad. And and uh and then um Ross uh, Elliot could work for Elliot is not Ross. Fog. He could be the 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 head of the museum uh-huh. who was always drunk. No. And uh, why? And then uh. And that would be it. That would be the show. I don't like your adaptation. You I'm don't like it. it I think it's fantastic. Start. It's not going to get kids it. love friends. It's not going to get greenlit. And I'm kids sorry. love the um, magicians. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sci-fi executive. Um, yeah. I'm not greenlighting. Have this. you seen the crap that's on sci-fi? <laughs> Anything gets greenlit on that hey, channel. Hey man, I've seen the magician. <laughs> <laughs> No, but what about all those? Have you ever seen all those crappy sci-fi like Sharknado and stuff? You 
know the guy that wrote Sharknado? Well, Why are you I'm dunking on him? I'm, I'm a secondary acquaintance. Why are you dunking on him? I don't know him personally. <laughs> but good for him for making Listen, all that Sharknado, money off of Sh- Sharknado. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to out myself. Sharknado is actually entertaining. You're going to out yourself um, as a shark? It's pretty fun to watch a guy try and chop a shark in half with a chainsaw, I got Well, yeah, say. of course, right? Who doesn't um, love a good chainsaw? <laughs> um, but this is not a Sharknado oh, podcast. But if it only was. Oh, if only. We'd have at least three movies to talk about. At least three? There's like eight of them. What? When are there eight of them? I'm pretty sure there's eight of them. I think there's only... No, don't I'm reach for the go- phone. No, <laughs> don't. leave. Put the I'm phone down. Google it. Nobody wants I'm to getting, listen to Google you it. Googling. I'm going to Stop Google it. it. Stop. This is bad podcasting. Shame on you. I'm going to tell your mother. There are... How many Sharknados are there? There's so many now Sharknados. I'm curious. <laughs> All right. This is not a Sharknado. Shark. There's only one. See? Only There's, one Sharknado. There are six Sharknado oh, movies. <laughs> I was too that off. That is three too many. <laughs> All right. So, anyway. Well, it's not a Sharknado No, podcast. this is a show, a but podcast you know, about vomiting No, instead. it's a podcast about quitting. What if Josh were to turn into a shark instead of a werewolf? <laughs> well, I mean, he does turn into a fish. Does he? Yeah. When does he turn into a fish? <laughs> In, like, a... Uh, Four episodes or no more than four, seven ish. In this season, this season oh. he turns into a fish. Thanks for spoiling that. It's not a spoiler. You've seen this season. I barely remember this okay. season. Okay, well Josh turns into a fish. I remember there's a werewolf. I remember Elliot is a monster. Uh huh. And I remember what happens at the end. Yeah. Because you love it so much. I'm gonna strangle you. All right, here we go. But we, you know, who we see who's great and alive and whole and not bad in any way at all. It's Quentin Coldwater. Your boy, Quentin. It's Quentin. He's fine. No, he's, smoking. he's not fine. He's sad. Um, he's, he's sad because his dad is dead. He's his sad because his dead. best friend has turned into a horrible simulacrum. His ex-husband. His, uh, yeah. His he's sad because possessed. his ex-girlfriend is locked up in Cheerio Planet. Yeah. And he's sad because that type of... depression. That type of gum that he likes isn't being made anymore. PTSD because of all the monster violence he's had to watch. Five times over. Oh, God, yeah. poor guy. But um, he's talking with Julia and Quentin has missed the funeral and he missed everything leading up to it. And as many times as he tries to explain to his mom, she just won't listen to him. And um, she, Quentin explains that his mother thinks that, you know, all he does is break things. Um, Julia agrees, um, which I disagree with. Um, Julia, not very supportive. And, you know. Or knowledgeable for like an omnip, om, omniscient. Omniscient? Omniscient was you know everything. Omnipotent. No, omnipotent is omnipower. Omniscience means you know everything. So omniscient. She knows everything. Mom, get in the comments. I know. No, dad's right on this one. It's omniscient. She knows everything. So if she knows everything, being but a she goddess, she's lost all of her like goddess powers. She you can't think, do magic but anymore. But you think that she's uh, just invisible. All right, let me ask in, you a question. Invincible. <laughs> Would you lose knowledge? Like if you could do? Yes, because that's what happens to Q in the books. What do you mean? Is he becomes a god, right? And then he gets all the knowledge of a god, right. and he recreates Fillory, and he right. does all that thing, and he has all this boundless knowledge, and then he goes back to being a little a little guy. Just a little guy. And as you go, I don't know. Because he because says he's like, I'm super relatable with you now, Alice. Because you knew everything when you were a Niffin. And I knew everything when I was a god. And now we have a better relationship because we're on equal footing again. Uh-huh. Right? So he doesn't forget everything. Yeah. He actually remembers everything. Which, but it's like, by the but way, it's like hazy. That's by the way, is really what the quickening is. 
for those of you that know the movie Highlander, Listen, guys. Highlander, the quickening is when you get the aggregate knowledge Werewolves of all the other immortals the before magicians. you. And at the end I'm of Highlander is that the Highlander has all the, the knowledge quickening. and he's able to help the whole world now because he knows how to solve all the problems the of the world. And therefore, it's not this fake quickening, which is far. just... Yeah, exactly. It's just pawn far for werewolves. It's pawn far for werewolves. It's just another excuse. Fuck or die. It's, it's another excuse trope. for this show to for the characters to try to solve everything with either sex or alcohol or when suicide. clearly neither of them solves anything. Uh-huh. Well, there's no You alcohol cannot drown this. your sorrows in sex or alcohol, there's Evelyn. No al there's no al so stop doing it. <laughs> what? talking about i'm just giving you some fatherly advice i can't even drink well you can drink i can but you're just not, not allowed alcohol. to i can't legally. you're not legally yet. i will be one step closer what would you by the way when Sunday, you but... when you um happy birthday in oh advance, thank you thank you in front of everybody <laughs> um so by the way um for your on your 21st birthday uh -huh. when you go and become a legal drinker Yes. And you're going to be like, I want to try at least one drink, I assume. Yes. What would that drink be? I just want a vodka lemonade. It was good. A vodka? So wait, you've already drunk? You know this. Wait, what? You know this. What? what? You know this. <sighs> I told you the one time I had alcohol without my parents were being there was at a sleepover. And I justified it being I wasn't going to drive home till the next day because I was sleeping over. How about drugs? Did you do drugs? I did not do drugs. Okay. I don't do drugs. Good. I just did an alcohol. Don't do drugs. And don't it was do good. Sex. I liked don't it. Don't do alcohol. Well, too bad. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. We don't need to talk about that. All right. So oh, what's God. with that weird... Oh, no. Wait. That's later no, on. Shut up, you. <laughs> Uh, oh, Q and Penny. Q and Julia talk about how Penny23 has the hots for Julia. And Q is like, hey, you know, why don't you just, like, uh, ask him to help you out with your research and stuff since you're trying to figure out uh, goddess health care. Since we don't know what to do with this character. Since we don't know what so to do. So why don't you just tag along? Yeah. See, we're now in the Justice League of America uh, sequence of this show. Uh-huh. So if you remember from the 1960s and 70s, the uh, the early Justice League of America comics yeah. pretty much were just like, all right, let's throw two rando superheroes together. Isn't that just together. World's Finest? Well, no, World's Finest is Batman and Superman, Yeah, right? but it's basically the no, same No, no, you mean Brave and the Bold. No. Where it's Batman and some rando Brave and the Bold character. was great, though. But Brave and the Bold is awesome. And, Music and not Meister, just, shout no, out to no, Neil Patrick Harris. The, all right, you're getting, you're it's so, you're so confused. It's a great episode. First of all, Brave and the Bold is an excellent cartoon show, which you should all watch, but that's not what I'm talking about. Well, that's I was I talking about the Brave and the Bold comic book, which was the inspiration for the Brave and the Bold TV show, which was where Batman co-starred with another rando superhero, usually. Sometimes it's a villain, uh -huh. but most of the time it was a Calendar hero. Calendar Man. No, he never teamed up with Calendar Man, he unfortunately. He did in the animated show. Well, that's true. All right, so anyway. Yeah, hang that on. might made him buff. Yes, okay. So anyway, uh, and I'm not talking about <laughs> world's memories. finest, which is Batman and Superman teaming up because uh -huh. they were pal best friends uh -huh. until they got ruined by Frank Miller in The Dark Knight. Uh -huh. But what I'm talking about is the Justice League of America, which was always uh -huh. in the early days yeah they would break off like scooby-doo they would all go searching separately yeah and like the atom would go with hawkman and flash would go with wonder woman and aquaman would go with 
know, Batman. No, he'd never go with Batman. He'd always no, he always go with like Superman. He does in the Superman. animated show. All right, all right. We're not talking about and the animated go, show. We're talking he, about the comic book. He has book. a kick-ass so, beard and yes, he goes, outrageous. Yes, that is the best version of Aquaman. Best version of Aquaman. But Aquaman. what I'm talking about is how the show of the magicians, the one we're actually talking about, right? Yes, Remember that show? Podcast. Remember that show? <laughs> they're now doing, they're in their Justice League of America phase uh-huh. where they've got all these random team-ups. They've got Josh and Margo. Just wait till season five. They've got, okay, don't ruin it for me. I'm Do, does one saying. of them shrink down small and go into like someone's ear? No one shrinks down small. That's too bad. All right, anyway. But some shit All happens. right, all right, anyway. Ugh. No spoilers. So we have like team-ups like... Margot and Josh, and we have team-ups like uh, Julia and Penny23, and we have team-ups like Jennifer and Quentin, although that's ongoing. Katie, nowhere to be seen. Katie, nowhere to be seen, completely written out, out of the she movie, of the a, show. She fell off a cliff. And then we have no Faye, and we have no... Frey. Uh, Frey oh no, um, Fen, and we have no uh, uh, Sergio, and we have no... We'll get him back. There's a lot of missing characters. We'll get our boy back. Right now. We'll get Rafe back. All right, I hope I so. I believe in him. I hope so. Mm-hmm. All right, anyway. But... So what's um, with that weird head? What's with the Wibba? Oh, that's later on. Oh, my God. Um, but I do want to say that the... I, I hate that... This one thing throughout this whole episode is it's reasserting the fact that everyone believes that Quentin breaks things. Even oh, Quentin himself. Yes. And that is... It sucks so much because one of the, like, most important, like, realizations that Quentin has in the books is that he is a person who fixes things yeah. and mends things yep. and puts them back together. And they and they do that in the finale, but it's in the shitty way that's bad. And so I don't So wait, are you that. saying that it's shitty and bad? Yes, it's shitty and bad. Or just bad. It's both. It's both it's shitty and bad. And oh, okay. the fact that they're like, we're making a big point with this is just... Well, maybe they're uh, trying to come back around. But they don't, though. It yeah. makes it worse. Yeah. It makes it so much worse, and they do it in the most harmful way possible. I, has there are there any interviews or something with these writers that talk about you this? don't you don't want me to read their interviews, man? Well, I'm just saying that is I there mean, any sort of justification? Like, did you find reasons for why they did other than you know um, what was it you said that so and so was thirsty for you know penis or something? What the fuck you said that like fen they wrote her oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was she one was of the thirsty writers. for that was one of the writers know, d yeah he, he said that i mean that's bad that is very bad um but you mean the head writers yeah yes there are interviews and their reasons are also bad um, but I'm saying that, I will, like, I will, you know what? I will curate them and I can read them to you here no, you on the podcast. To, you don't need to read them to me. I just wanted to understand. It, I find that it sometimes helps to understand what the creators are writing about. So that way you can understand where they made mistakes or maybe their viewpoint was askew and not in line with, you know, we're already, we already, I think we're pretty firmly on record for saying that we don't like the way that these characters are always written. And, and I think we've also very firmly established that these are just not the book characters. These are some sort of weird fan fiction, you know, alternate reality version of these characters, right? Yeah. So, the thing that makes 
This show good are the actors. Yes, absolutely. Shout out to Jason Ralph. Shout out to all of them. Shout out to Hale Trevor Appleman Einhorn. And Sergio. And Josh. And Stella Mave. And yes, I already all... said his name. Oh, and Trevor. Arjun Gupta. Yes, they're all amazing. All, all of you people. And good for you Olivia guys. Olivia Taylor Dudley. Yes. You guys Santa. fucking rock. You guys make the show good. Yes, yes, you, <laughs> you put a lot of heart and soul into even, this show. Even when the dead horse was being beat over and over again for that sci-fi money, you still tried your best, and it felt awful, but you still did your best. Yes. And I appreciate that, if nothing else, out of season five. Thank well, you even for your season, service. We're not even at season five. Braver yet. than any U.S. Marine. Well, no. Um, and with that... That's not bad about uh, the Marines. They have guns. <laughs> and with that, uh, we see Josh um, cleaning up the gore in his bedroom. From um, the dog that he killed. From the How did he have blood on his head? I don't think it's a dog. I think head. it was like a little horsey. I think because he touched like a it. a horse? I think because he touched it and he had blood on his hand and then he touched Where's his he head. Where's he going to find a horse? I don't know. Some kind of dog. Some kind. It was some it was kind of small. animal. It was not big. I think it was a dog. I thought it was, I thought it was the head of a horse. I thought it was just like a dog that had like been gutted. Like a skinned head of a horse. Mm. Anyway. But he's cleaning up, and Penny23 slides on in, and he says, What are you doing? And Josh says, Oh, nothing, nothing, nothing. Nothing, hold this baggie. Nothing, nothing, hold this bag. And Penny, very, you know, Penny23 very sneakily, you know, looks inside, and he's like, it Doesn't look like nothing. Looks like a animal carcass, dude. And Josh says, You know... Um, actually, it's the quickening. I don't know exactly what the hell is happening. It's not the quickening. And Penny23 is like, listen, man, you know what I said to you before? If you do anything to hurt Julia, I'm gonna fucking fuck you up. And then Julia comes in. She's like, hey, guys, can you help me? I need to study. And Josh is like, why doesn't Penny23 go with you? Ah. Yeah, he's not doing anything in the plot. Yeah. Um, Penny23 offers to take her, so they go to Fillory because um, they need to talk to a god and the Minads are still there, which um, Josh knows about. The Minads are the high priestess slash nurses of the gods and they would take care of Bacchus and Josh says, you know, they're probably still in Fillory where Bacchus died. And so um, then we get to see Josh speak to Helen, who is the cryptozoology professor at Breakville's. Um, she's also the one who was L positive, lycanthropy positive, who gave Josh the werewolf STD. Um, and apparently she never disclosed her status to him, which is very underhanded Ooh. and bad. You should never do that. Well, also, more Title Nine. Yeah, again, Title Nine, once again. Ugh. But Josh says, you know, how? what is happening to me? How do I stop this from happening? And Helen basically explains that the quickening is something that happens every 30 years and the 48 hours um, leading why, up why to the event. 30 years? Ah. I mean, like, is that because they're like, well, we don't know how long this show is gonna run and so if we only if we make it like five years we might actually have to deal with this storyline again yeah why don't they make it like 10 years i don't know like 10 years makes more sense right 30 years know. just seems so arbitrary but like what happens to you in your life every 30 years i don't know man i haven't lived 30 years yet well okay i mean but it's not like you're gonna get reborn after 30 years i don't know because that's really the only thing that you could say well when i hit 30 what have I done in between then and now that could happen again? I don't know, dude. It's like the giver where you just, when, when you're old enough, they just send you out into the wilderness you to die. You mean like, like um, uh, Logan's Run where they make you go into Carousel and you go swirling up into the flaming 
uh, 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 whatever. It's a lot of age-based eugenics and fantasy. And science fiction. And science fiction. There's just definitely discrimination, ageism against old people, unless you're a wizard. Unless you're a wizard, yes. Right. Like the Wizard of Oz, Wizard of Oz, or Gandalf. Hell I mean, that's yeah. really like if I were a, if I were like a fantasy character, really the only occupations left for me are either wizard, died, wizard or lich. Gandalf that's still like, died. Though. That's kind of all I have left uh-huh. going for me. Well, lich, you're dead. So well, but and that's what I'm saying point? is you're either a wizard and you're alive, uh-huh. or you're a wizard and you're dead, <laughs> and that's, or uh-huh. or you're a king. Uh-huh. And you're like a mad An aging, king, like mad a mad king, king. or like or you're Sauron, or like Caspian, and you're some sort of undead lich thing. Sauron Again, is supposed back to, to be lich. hot, though. What do you mean he's supposed to be like, hot? Like he has like a human, he has like a, a like a like a, a mortal form. Well, not really mortal. He has like an elf form that's supposed to be really hot. But he's got like and that's how he Darth Vader armor. I know that's his like fighting his fighting version. But then when himself. they cut his fingers off, it was like all black goop. Yeah, that's because he's got like. He's like a little Pokemon. He's got different shiny He's versions of himself. <laughs> and his shiny version of himself. What about his eye, himself, though? His, his eyeball his is shi- red and That's like flaming. his spirit. That's like his Feya. Does his, are his eyes like that? Uh, like, no. is he like Darth a lot Maul? Of people, a lot of people draw uh, Sauron in his um, Numenor takedown mode uh, as Anatar, as uh, just a little feisty redhead guy. Um, with long hair, and I respect that. That's, and that's what they were gonna do in the movies. What they're gonna make him a redhead they, guy? They were gonna very briefly, when Sauron died, they were gonna show his fair form, like which a, was like him as a werewolf. Well, it was because Sauron originally was a Meyer, just like Gandalf. Right. He was he was known as Myron, and he wasn't a Myron. His name was Myron. Wait, what? Sauron, the awesome guy with the helmet and the sword, his name is Myron. M A I R. But it's Myron. Myron Myron is like a guy that gets beat up in the hallway in high school (laughs) in the 50s in a 50s film, right? Come here, Myron. And then all the greasers beat him up and and kick his books out of his hands. He was the apprentice of Aule, who was the god of like smithing Uh, and No, I don't want to. No, this is not a Samaritan. No, no more. No more Lord of the Rings. We've we've hit our capacity. But quote Tolkien himself, he was seduced by Melkor and turned to the dark side. He was seduced by the dark side of the force. He was seduced by Melkor. Melkor, not the dark side. But at least, like, Darth Vader's real name wasn't Myron. Well, he goes, he changes his name to Sauron, and that's what he's known as. Well, yeah, I changed my name to Sauron, too. And then he, when he comes to bring down the Age of Men in the Second Age, uh, he goes to Numenor as Anatar, Lord of Gifts. All right, all right, enough. I can't take it. Snuggles up with Celebrimbor. No more, no more Lord of the Rings talk. Um, Stop. Arthar is on, and all right, he convinces putting them a ban. to start worshipping a false god. I'm putting a ban on Lord of the Rings. And then Eru Luvatar <laughs> stop, stop, stop. Uh, no sinks more. Elantale, uh, a.k.a. Numenor, and then the pause. men escape the few no, who stop it. stop it. You're on a, you're on a, you're on a, uh, 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 what's that? What was that? Sansuk. You're like on a Sansukai, and so you're all possessed of old Lord of the Rings stuff. It's all right. old. But it's old. <laughs> How old was Tolkien when he wrote it? 80? Right? No. He was ancient. He was, in his he was already a lich. He was, in his <laughs> he was already a lich when he wrote it. Hey. All right. Enough. Hey. No more. This is not a Lord of the Rings podcast. But you know what as is? desperately as you want it to you be. You know what it is? The Silly Marillion, which is a podcast that I've started listening to. Um, 
hosted by uh, Tori and Paul, and it's a very fun time um, where they go through the Silmarillion um, bisection of events, and it's a, it's a good recap if you've read it and you haven't read it for many years like I have, or if you've never heard of the Silmarillion and you want to get introduced to Lord of the Rings lore, I am really enjoying it. They post bi-monthly, bi-weekly, one of those two words, but um, it's a fun time. All right. That's our ad. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, basically the quickening is you have to fuck or die. See, again, this show <laughs> tries to solve everything with either sex or alcohol. There's and it no never, alcohol. And it never There's turns no out. There's no alcohol in this situation. There's alcohol. Fuck or die, he says. You have to lubricate up before you <laughs> go. You're going to use alcohol as lube? Well, social lubrication. Haven't you ever heard of that for oh, alcohol? I don't what do you? That. Why do you think people go out and party and then what happens after they party? They hook up. Uh-huh. Right. I would. I've know. been to college. You're I've just. Been, you're. I've been to exactly been... two college parties in my life. Exactly. And, and what, that was and what happened COVID. at them? Well, the first one was my friend's twenty-first birthday party, right. so everyone was drinking. Yeah. And the second one was my friend's uh, sleepover birthday. And did anybody hook up? Uh, no, because okay. all of us were either single, and there was one couple there. Right. And that was it. And okay. no one was gonna. But have people sex. were well. No one hooked up at that other party either. We all just had cake well, and you, ice cream. You guys and it was are a fun all time, good. and we played a one night werewolf. All right, no, that's good. Any game, any party with board games is a safe party. <laughs> and there was Smash Brothers. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's good. But that I was approve. that party. Shout out to Ian. All right. Happy birthday, Ian. All right. Anyway, so what was up with <laughs> that head? In that scene, we're not even to that scene yet. You're still, you're, what fucking head are you talking about? So Josh is talking to, what's her name? The werewolf girl. She doesn't no have a name. A that's not yet. That's not yet. We're not yet there? That's not there yet. Oh my God. Um, this episode is so long. This, well, you keep talking about Batman and I keep talking about Lord of the Rings. Oh my God. This is well, what when can we both just shut up? <laughs> Um, but apparently one of the symptoms of the quickening is you have terrible nightmares and waking dreams. And also Josh is like, well, I'll just lock myself in a cage. And Helen says, nah, man, I went on Tinder and got some ass and that solved it real quick. And Josh does not want to pass on an STD because he is responsible. And so then we see the Cheerio planet. Yeah. Oh, the Cheerio planet. And who is there? But Christopher Plover, pedophile extraordinaire, worst character awful character who can never fucking die for some reason i wish to god they would just fucking kill him and let him stay dead but um he has you know pulled aside alice into his secret little lair in the in the netherlands and um he asked her hey why didn't you leave with santa claus because i know you could have is it because you need to get your friend's books so you can like run around and do stuff without the watch of the library because if you need if you need those i can help you in exchange for access to the world book so i can do this spell so i can get out of the netherlands um and then we see quentin with his mom who i must say mom is very young his mom is his mom is very young and also very young so good for ted (laughs) well they're divorced oh um uh, well, I have to say that Quentin's mom kind of looks like Alice, and Alice kind of looks like Quentin's mom. Okay. Are there mommy issues there? Absolutely. Just wanted to make that blatant well, statement. either you marry your parents, or, or you, you do the exact do opposite. the exact opposite. Yes. But 
then his mom, we never learn her name. I don't actually mean you marry your parents, by the way. Dear God, no. I well, mean this is you not marry Oedipus. someone who is like your this parents. It's not Oedipus. You either marry the opposite of your parents or you marry exactly your parents. But his mom, you know, she says to Q, you know, what was wrong with him? What was wrong with Ted? Aww. You know, pe- normal, normal people have friends. He was normal. I divorced him because he was so normal. But, like, where were where were all of his friends? There was no one at the funeral. And this comment, this comment made by Q's mom is supposed to be a kind, it's, it's supposed to be hearkened back later after Quentin's death. Because it's like, oh, it's good because he has lots of people at his little funeral. That's not what it's like. That's not, it's not, no. It's bad. It's a bad comparison. It's a bad thing. It's a bad thing that they do. Um... But it's supposed to be this kind of comment on, like, Ted as a person, which I completely wholly disagree with. I think that probably Q's mom didn't know any of Ted's friends and didn't call them. And that's why no one came to the funeral. Came to Ted's family funeral? Yeah. Well, I mean, they could have made an effort, right? Yeah, but... Could have, like, gone through their phone and looked at... You know what the who the friends were and said yeah. hey or go on maybe, Facebook. Maybe she never told anyone on social media, and so they all maybe, just thought he was still fine. Maybe Ted's mom doesn't use social media, Ted's other than mom? Pinterest. I mean, mean Quentin's mom. Quentin's mom. Maybe she uses Pinterest and that's Just it. Pinterest. Yeah, she um, seems like a Pinterest. But mom. she says to Q, you know, um, you have to get all this crap out by tomorrow. Aww. And. Um, Wait, why do they have to get all the crap out by tomorrow? I don't know. It's like literally empty his whole fucking house. Yeah, but isn't it Quentin's house now? Well, it is, but apparently his mom wants him to do it. But what is the mom? The mom's divorced. She gets no claim over that stuff. Yeah, it's not her stuff. It's like, ugh. But, and then she says, you know. I mean, that's like what what the Jennifer says, right? Yeah, well, and she says, you know, don't break anything. Why are you you letting um, this person have hold over you? Yeah. Well, that's what happens with moms, unfortunately. Yeah, but she says, you know, don't break anything, reasserting that Quentin, all he does is break stuff and ruin things. No, he does not. It sucks. Um, And then we see uh, Josh and Margot. They shouldn't have made Josh so sympathetic, or Quentin so sympathetic a character. Why? Because we like him, and we don't want bad things to happen to him. Yes, we don't want bad things to happen to him! And yet, bad things keep happening it's because to him. the writers don't like Quentin. It's the nature of drama. You have to torture your characters. No, you don't have well, you to. You have to, though. You don't have you to. You have do... to, just not this badly. But the thing is that the cost doesn't always have to be death. The cost could be, but you know, okay. memory or relationship sure. and I totally agree. Health. So it's kind of like what I always it's, tell it, people about video games. The stakes games. don't always have to be death in I order agree. for it to be important I, it could literally be giving up a secret i 100 percent agree so in video games for example whenever i'm dealing with a new game designer they're like oh we're gonna we're gonna kill the player all these different ways and i'm like look you don't have to kill the player to punish them you can slow them down you can knock them back you can steal something from them you can remove something temporarily from them you can stun them you can screw up the controls there are a dozen different ways you can mess with a character without having to kill them and make the player get mad and want to stop playing, right? And so maybe, I mean, maybe this is the reason why the magicians got canceled is that they were being too hard on the characters and they were killing them or at least, you know, um, doing the equivalent of that, like killing their spirit, I guess, um, and instead of challenging them with things that they can overcome and become better characters. That's the thing with the magicians, is that they get these obstacles and they get these um, things 
and these trials that they face that are, you know, tenacity, tenacity based, you know, you have to overcome this thing and you'll become a changed person afterwards. But then none of the change sticks. And that's the thing. You know, if you never give your characters a win, no one's going to want to fucking watch your show. Right. You want to root for the person. And especially see them do better, especially with Q. Um, and I'll probably speak more about this when the time comes, but Q, his whole backstory and what has been established as, of him as a character is that he was someone who was um, institutionalized. He is someone who has dealt with depression to a degree of self-harm and suicide. He is someone who has made multiple attempts on his life, who has struggled with depression for the majority of his life and became most fulfilled when he was in a loving um, queer relationship and when he lived a long and happy life. And because you've established that this character is depressed and has made attempts on their life and has gone through um, you know, huge bouts of suffering over and over again, if you see that character suffer over and over again, the, the ultimate goal for that character should not be some kind of quote-unquote heroic sacrifice. The ultimate goal for that character should be living a long and happy life. Right. Like, if you establish this stand, if you establish this baseline of this guy is unhappy and wants to die and you le- and you end it with he's still unhappy and he died, that is not that means a win ju- for the character. That means you've-, you've just invested four years in a tragedy. Yeah, and people want to see their characters win. If you see a depressed character, you want them to feel better and you want them to make improvement in their life. And it's just incredibly frustrating that yes, they do that. Ugh. They're there. Ugh. But we see Josh and Margot, and Josh is in the traditional Hoberman despair position, head in his hands. And Margot says, You know what? We can find a way to fix this. We're going to research. We're going to find a cure and it's going to be okay. And so she starts looking and they're researching and Margot finds this Indonesian um, like kind of spell that could maybe work. And then Josh gets an Uber alert and he goes, oh shit, Isaac was an Uber driver. I am always very chill and I always disclose my status as L positive with other people before I hook up. But Isaac did not and didn't know that he had lycanthropy. And so Margo's like, okay, how many, you know, how many people did he hook up with? Like, you know, how many times did they have, like, you know, doggy style, whatever. And so Josh is like, only one time with one girl. But we gotta go find her and tell her that the quickening is happening for all the werewolves of the world. Um, and then we see Christopher Plover and Alice again. And um, uh, Plover says, you know, I just want to go somewhere where I can do no harm. Um... And they're having this kind of sort of heart-to-heart, but not really because Christopher Plover is a pedophile and a terrible person. Um, And he's like, Alice, did you ever unintentionally hurt someone? And she's like, I never molested a child. Um, Because, yeah, this dude sucks. And I hate that we are making him like some kind of voice of wisdom outlet. Like, why is he the voice for the writers to speak through? Why why is it the pedophile, guys? Why? All right, because they love pedophilia and they love suicide and they love all these other taboo subjects because it's shocking it's not shocking does not mean good well obviously nobody told them that yeah but um because remember this show is all full of shock right it's all shock i'm gonna show you somebody vomiting shock i'm gonna show you somebody slitting their wrists shock i'm gonna show you what else what are some other shocks that they've done explosion yeah, cat exploding. exploding. All right. Well, that was funny, though. Yeah. All right. 
But yeah, so it just sucks. Um, and then we see Josh and this girl. We never get her name. Nope. Um, did not see it in the credits. But she did a fantastic job. She did a job great job. Acting. There are no small parts, only small actors. And this girl is a big old actor. Yep. Um, and Josh says, hey, I'm Josh from Jewish camp. Um, <laughs> I knew Isaac. And I just want to tell you that he may have given you some kind of herpes-like thing. Um, and I just need to know what are your symptoms? Like, are you having weird dreams? Are you getting weird urges towards other people? Are you feeling horny and hangry and angry and scary all at once? Yeah. And she's like, oh, my God, thank God. I I couldn't even, I didn't even think it was like, you know, something I could even do. You're telling me it's not my fault. Well, thank goodness it's not my fault because I couldn't even do that. It's kind of terrible in here. And she points into her bedroom where there is a dismembered man on her bed. And his chunks fall <laughs> his off. His chunks fall off. Yes, his leg falls off. And then we see Julia and Penny 23. They have traveled to Fillory where they're going to look for the Minads, and they find one, and it's Shoshana, and she's about to hang herself. Again with the suicide. <laughs> it's bad. Um, and so they're like, wait, no, stop. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. You have so much to live for. Um, what about this peach schnapps? Um, we'll drink to Bacchus. And she's and Shoshana's like, he would have loved that. And so Julia pours one out for Bacchus and they take a swig and, um, Julia says, hey, I need your help. You know, I used to be a goddess, but now I don't have any power anymore. I don't have any magic. Um, and I just, I don't know what to do. I wish, I, I just need someone to, like, tell me what's going on. And so Shoshana takes up her little acorn staff and she does a series of howling noises and weird noises to kind of check out what's what and what's going on. Right. Um, but apparently it's inconclusive. She can't figure out what exactly is up with Julia. And so she's like, I have a ritual that will work. But I can't do it because I don't believe in you. It needs to be someone that worships you, that believes in you 100%, and, like, is just completely behind you, ready to do whatever. And so Penny23 is like, fine, I will do it. <laughs> wah, wah. Convenient. I know. That's why he was teamed up with her. Uh-huh. Um, and then we see Margo and Josh. Margo has translated the ritual. They need a living Komodo dragon so they can cut out its heart. Um, show. And she's like, you know, I heard show. that um, Kanye has a Komodo dragon in his does. New York apartment. <laughs> so why don't we go steal one? Um, and Josh gives Margo a gun loaded with silver bullets so that if anything happens, she has a way to dispatch him. Right. Just in case. Yep. Um, and then we see Alice with Clover, and they go to the book room where, like, all the books of every person are being written as, you know, things are happening. I was kind of surprised that it wasn't um, uh, a bunch of monkeys. Um, you know how they say that, like, if you get enough monkeys together in a room, right, they like Shakespeare, yeah. Well, it wasn't monkeys, it was just invisible people, because, of course, we know that Cassandra, a.k.a. Alice, for some reason, is writing yes. all the stuff. Um, well, you mean... Um, uh, Olivia actress. Taylor Dudley yes. in a wig. Yes, it's in a very bad in a wig. very bad wig. Um, yeah, I still think that should have been Love Grossman. That would have been funnier. <laughs> right. It would have been way funnier. Um, but um, uh, Plover says, you know, I'm sorry, Dev Fleischman. Dev Fleischman. Yes, of course, of course. Yes. But um, he says, you know, what if they read your book and they didn't know where you were? Because obviously, if they read your book and you take them. You know, they'll still know where you are. They can track you down, so-and-so. What if they read his book and they didn't like it? Well, the, that would just be it. 
But um, apparently there is a spell to kind of auto-write the end of your story once you kind of key in a few keywords. Isn't that the dream? Isn't that convenient? God, I wish. So wait, isn't it just they live happily ever after? Uh, no, not really. Oh. It's just... Shouldn't it be? Well, it's like Alice goes to Modesto and hangs out there. Modesto? You mean where George Lucas grew up? Yeah, yeah. And she becomes the next George Lucas? She does not become the next George Lucas. And she Lucas, makes the next Star Wars? But she does smile while she watches some kids uh, dance in a fire hydrant spray. That's where she goes? To Modesto? To Modesto, yes. She goes to Modesto. Maybe that is a George Lucas reference. Maybe it is, but it's probably not. Um... But, you know, Plover says, you know, you, if I help you with this, you help me get the world book to get out of here. And so Alice agrees, and they go to steal the uh, manuscripts of every single one of the questers. And then we see Q and the monster. Q has been packing up all of his dad's stuff. Um, he thinks at first it's his mom when the monster comes in. But the monster's come in, and he's eating some frozen peas he stole from Ted's fr fridge or freezer. And, um... You know, he doesn't really understand, like, what Quentin is doing, you know, because the monster is kind of like a child that murders um, and doesn't really understand the gravity of his actions. And no, no, the, the portrayal of the monster is... It's really good. Well, no, I'm saying it's inconsistent. No. Because the, the monster seemed to have more understanding... Like, at first it was like, well, you play with me, well, you play with me, that's it, right? Yeah. But then, like, later, like, a few episodes later, he was much more about, uh, like, a lot more understanding about what was going on and that he yeah. wanted revenge and that they took something from him. But now, like, now, like, well, now that that genie's out of the bottle, they can't go back to the I don't understand Well, it's, it's like he doesn't understand the emotion behind the action. He understands, like, the action. He understands the revenge, and he understands that something has been taken from him, and he doesn't like that. But he doesn't understand, like, deeper nuances of feelings, really, okay. is what it is. Um, and he only sees this kind of violence as a form of action, as opposed to a kind of gentler kind of action and you know it's this really good arc acted out by Hale Appleman throughout yes. the season of the monster becoming like more humanized and realizing the worth in the world and in people and in relationships and then it's just tossed out of, into the toilet at the end um, but you know for a brief moment we did get some actual character development that seemed like it was gonna go somewhere you know no that was, you're talking about a different show yeah <laughs> um <laughs> But the monster says, you know, this is this is important to you. Um, and Q says, yeah, this this isn't a game. Um, and, the, and the monster asks, you know, um, do you you miss your dad? Like, that's that's why you want to do this. And Q's like, yeah, this is this is why. And do you miss anyone? And the monster says, I, I don't remember if I miss anyone. Right. I, you know, he I, does, I think so. Um, and so the monster agrees to uh, sit still and to not kill anyone. And the monster says, you know, this is the weirdest thing I've ever done. And it's just, it's so, it makes me feel many, uh, so many kinds of ways to see Quentin basically kind of at this thing that is causing him so much pain and like torture constantly because it's wearing the face of his like presumed dead lover and best friend. Mm -hmm. And it is walking around killing people in front of Q it is causing Q physical harm multiple times. You know, the monster has broken Q's arm and, you know, does other stuff with him, presumably. Um, and, you know, it's this thing that is just this thing that is it's, it's this giant thing that's capable of doing extreme harm 
to Quentin, and yet it also speaks like a child. And so Q, even though this thing, like, is causing him such great pain and is annoying because it's always tagging around with him and he can't escape it and it's constantly, you know, touching him in unwanted ways and stuff. Like, you know, the monster does not have any personal space. And if you watch, you'll see how he, like, touches Q's head or his shoulder or his back or stuff like that all the time. Um... And you can see how, like, Jason Ralph really, like, puts a lot of, like, emotion into, like, the very, like, the, yeah, being revulsed by the touch of someone who is so familiar to him. Um, But even though all that stuff is happening, Q still talks to it and goes basically into, like, dad mode. And you kind of see this learned um, behavior of, you know, 80 plus years of being a father and a grandfather in the Mosaic timeline kind of come out with the monster. And he's still nurturing and being kind to this thing that has done nothing but terrible things to him and his friends, which just like shows how kind a character Q is. Like, I wouldn't say that Quentin is a nice person, but I'd say that he's a kind person, you Mm know? I would agree. Um, And it really kind of comes out in this because he is still so patient with the monster and answering his questions, even though this is a thing that is literally like threatened, threatening constantly to murder his friends. Oh, like a real child. (laughs) Like a real child. Yes. But it's just this like incredible nuanced relationship of tension and push and pull constantly between these two characters and Hale Appleman and Jason Ralph do a really good job um you know portraying all of that like the emotion of the monster realizing that they are experiencing weird emotions and weird experiences for the first time and Q going through this kind of grief constantly by being around it and it's just really cool um, and then we see Julia and Penny 23, and Julia has to strip naked. <laughs> She's cute. Yeah, in order to do this ritual, she has to be naked and be of anointed course. with oil. See, sex and alcohol. And then Always get her... the solution. There's no alcohol here. Oil. It's not... That's not alcohol. Oil hall. <laughs> it's not alcohol. But she has to have her feet washed by Penny 23 after all the it's anointing. biblical. Yes. And so there's like sexy music playing and they eye each other up and Penny 23 kind of runs his hands over her. And she's like, hey, I want you to know that I'm not like a delicate flower or a piece of glass. I'm like a human person and human pe- human people like heal and stuff. And, you know, Penny 23 is like, you know, well, I'm not really comfortable. And she's like, well, it doesn't matter that you're not comfortable. Um, it's not about you. So like stop it which is very nice i love to hear that from julia very sexy of her penny 23 i don't like you i like this scene but i don't like you because this man makes it all about him later on in this season and he takes julia's choice away and that pisses me off so much you're ruining the the episode for other people sexual tension man it happens and then we see Margot and Josh screaming. Yes. <laughs> screaming in the woods with a heart of the <laughs> Komodo dragon. And they're screaming and they're screaming. And he's like, okay, not a, now what do we do? And she's like, okay, you have to eat the lizard heart. And he eats it. And he's like, yeah, this doesn't really taste that bad. That's a, um, yes, another funny Josh scheme. Yes. And they're driving back and it seems like maybe the ritual has worked. 
and that Josh is going to be okay, but he starts having a horny waking dream when the camera s skirts over Margot's body, and she's like, ooh, yeah, baby, you want to take me in this car right now? Ooh, yeah. That's not safe, I'll tell you it's that. It's not safe. Um, and so Josh is like, stop the car! And he, he runs out of the car, and we just hear howling in the distance. And when we cut back, um, he's like, yeah, um, ritual didn't work. Let's just say I uh, turned a tree into a werewolf in order to stop, uh, to keep it at bay. Would that be a wood wolf a or wood wolf a werewood? A werewood. A werewood. Werewood is better. Um, but they're going to go to break Bill so Josh can lock himself up. Oh, I thought you were going to say so he could find a co-ed. No. <laughs> Dear God, no. Um, but then we see Q and the monster. The monster is getting bored of waiting around while Q goes through all of his dad's stuff and packs it away. And the monster decides to make things more interesting, so he breaks one of his uh, Q's dad's uh, model planes. Which is terrible because we saw in earlier in like that flashback or whatever, mm -hmm. where like he said, you know, I always wanted to build the model airplanes, but I wasn't very good at it. I always would break them, and then Q like magically builds the airplane to kind of show his dad that he loves him. Yeah. And yet here now the monster is breaking this airplane that Q had built for his dad. Yeah, it sucks. But, you know, I really like this scene. Um, and it's because, you know, the monster says, your father is dead now. These things belong to you. Why are you doing all this stuff? And Q says, because I told my mom I would. And that, you know, when I was younger, I broke an ashtray. And ever since then, my mom thinks that I'm only going to break stuff. Because parents never change what they think of you. And the monster says, well, you know. That's not true. That doesn't make sense. Well, why is this? Why does she have power over you? And Q says, because sometimes I think she's right. Things break around me. And, Ugh. you know, again, no. Things break around me, my relationships, magic. And his voice wobbles as her so bad. And But he's already made some realization that he mends things. No, but this listen, show. listen, listen. But the. What the monster says to Q then is break them on purpose. And. It's this rare moment when the monster is actually giving good advice because Q this whole time things have been breaking around him, mm -hmm. his relationships with Alice, with Elliot, with all of his friends, really, mm -hmm. um, all of magic, his dad, his mom, all these okay, things all right. are breaking. The whole world is breaking apart and he can't control any of it. Right. And he's, you know, as we see throughout the season, Q is spiraling. So we see him kind of become more despondent and he doesn't really care more and more about what happens to him as a person. So he, you know, becomes more prone to breaking his own body as well. Um, and so he's just kind of in this state of literal brokenness where his, it's kind of like his whole, like his whole deal, his whole soul is like broken basically at this point because he's just been beat down by all the shit that's been happening. And in this moment, the monster actually offers this kind of perfect solution to Q, which is take agency back and do something on purpose. Break something on purpose because you can. And because since you are the one doing it, it's not going to hurt you. Right. And it's it's this kind of, in a way, kind of harmless way of hurting the world back after being hurt by the world so much. And so Q takes up one of the airplanes and throws it against the wall. And so then the monster and Q kind of, you know, keep breaking all the stuff. And it's, you know, a really kind of cathartic experience. And... When I first saw this scene, the very first time I watched it, I didn't like it. I didn't yeah. get it 100%. I don't, I don't like it. 
Yeah. Well, I didn't get it 100%. And then, you know, as I rewatched it, I was like, oh, you know, I see it now. It's this kind of cathartic release of all this tension that's been building up for Quentin for, you know, probably since day one, literally, of magic and stress and all the terrible things that have happened. And so now he finally has this modicum of control in his life and that's gonna be taken away again by the end of this episode but at least for that little moment he had that control of his own actions and of himself and of his you know mind and he even says you know afterwards that he felt better because he got it was something just for him that you know exacted this kind of agency all right you know what that scene reminded me of what take a look around you what? Look Look what's around I, you. No one else can see what's around us, That's Dad. why you're going to describe what you see around you. I see board games and, and books and action figures. Shelves and, and shelves, shelves of toys and breakable items. Yeah. So I hope that when I go, you don't try to find catharsis. I'm not going to break your stuff. I'm going to sell it. You're going to sell it? Well, yeah. maybe I'll sell it before I die so that way I can enjoy okay. the money. Okay. And I don't know what I would do with that. I'd just buy more stuff. Okay. <laughs> that you would then break. No, I would not break your stuff. No, would you keep anything? Mm, probably. Well, okay. Yeah. That's good. That's nice to know. Maybe you can pass it down to your children. Yeah. That would give me some pleasure. Mm-hmm. Knowing that, like, your children are playing with things. Just like, remember when I gave you Frosty? Uh-huh. When you were a little kid? And yes. And you played with it to tatters? Yes. 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 Well, that's, maybe you can pass something down if you ever have kids. Yes. Um, but then we see Alice stealing manuscripts. Are you skipping over the realization that maybe one day I won't be here? No, I know you're going to die one day, dude. Are you sure? I am aware. So far, I'm 100% immortal. Yeah. Maybe I'll experience the quickening, like in Highlander. Uh Uh-huh. And know everything. But, um, she steals the books, and they do the spell, and, you know, the plover kind of talks to her again, and he says, you know... Um, you need to stop hating yourself, Alice. And Alice is like, well, you need to hate yourself some more, dude, which she is correct about. And he's like, listen, Alice, what you've done and who you are are not the same things. And she's like, you're a pedophile. Stop. Stop saying this shit to me. You're wrong. You're a bad person. You're a bad person. What you did is bad. That makes you a bad person in this instance. And he's like, but I wrote a very popular book. But I wrote a popular book. That doesn't matter. You're a pedophile. It's just, it sucks. Um, But she reads everyone's books and she says, you know, Q's going to die. And he says, oh, that's that's the end of everyone's book. And she's like, no, you don't understand. Q's going to die next week. Next episode. (laughs) Next episode. Whoa. Um, What a surprise. How many times, though, does like every, uh, uh, how many chapters in Q's book ends with, and then Q is going to die. And then the next chapter is like, "Ah, nah, just, just kidding. 39. Right, exactly. Um, but then we see Julia, Penny 23, and Shoshana. They've brought her the water that Julia's feet were washed in. And she looks into this little, like, bowl. And she's like, wow, this is real dirty water. And Penny's like, wait, man, I did the best I could. Um, but she looks inside and she's like, I can't really tell. And then all of a sudden, fire alights from the water. And it um, turns out that, yes, Julia does have power she may not have magic but she, she does have power sweaty feet power she has god power and so sean is like i'm going to follow you now i'm no longer gonna try to kill myself which sucks um well also how bad for shoshana that the only way she can 
survive is that she has somebody to be servile to. Yeah, it sucks. Right? That sucks too, right? Yeah. Why can't she just be her own goddess? Well, she's not a goddess. That's well, why. whatever, though. I mean, I meant it metaphorically, right? Yeah. Uh, but then we see Josh. He's locked himself in the cage at Break Bills, and he's just going to, you know, wait it out. And he's like, I don't want to kill, and I don't want to, like, you know, sexually assault and rape anyone. I, you know, if this is the coward's way out where I end up dying because I can't take this process, then that's what it's going to have to be. And Margo's like, no, we have to try and solve this. You know, Todd totally owes me one. There are many people here who deserve to be murdered. Um, And Josh says, no, you know, I don't want to do that. I don't want to kill anyone. And she's like, and and he's like, just let me have my noble sacrifice. And she's like, fuck your noble sacrifice. You're so stupid. I don't want more people dying because I can't do anything. And so she unlocks the cage and comes inside. And, you know she says i'm not gonna lose another friend today um i can't make you kill someone but i can consent which is a real bro move from Margot. um and so they do the they do the little sex well first she gives them a very sweet little smile she does give a little smile because they're friends they love each other they're friends hard to remember that summer bischel is probably a very very nice person Uh uh-huh but because well because Margot is so tough in the Uh show right and so you're like all you are used to is her kind of being a little bitchy and and yelling at people and uh-huh. and that and then when she's like a very sweet loving person you your heart kind of melts a little bit uh-huh yeah summer bishop's smile is extraordinary um but then we see q and the monster and the monster's like ah yeah that was cathartic right you breaking all your shit because i need you to feel good because we're gonna hunt more gods um so i guess we should get this over with it you know it feels good to deal with death doesn't it well, uh, I just want to tell you, um, your friend Elliot is dead. <laughs> um, evil I, Elliot is evil. I felt his soul die. Don't worry about it. And it's then he terrible. just kind of leaves. So horrible. <laughs> it's awful. And poor Q's face. He's yeah, he just, only he got can't one even process scene. it. He, got, he didn't even get a full scene of being happy. He can't even process it. Oh. Um, and then we see Josh and Margo post-quickening sex. Um, that cage looks like a very uncomfortable place oh, to have yeah. sex. Oh, yeah. And, you know, they are talking about, you know, Margo's like, hey, you know, P in the V sex, not even top 10, man. There's all so right, many things on. you can this do. This is what I, all right. I thought I knew about sex. So you're going to have to explain. <laughs> no, to I'm me. not giving you sex ed on the No, I'm podcast. not giving you sex ed on it, but 10? Yeah. Really? There's many things. Hang on. Do. Let me see. One, no, two, don't. three, four, five, six. No, I, uh, my list only goes as high as seven. I can't think of ten things beyond P and the V. I'm sorry for you. Um, but, you know, we You're see Margo. We see Margo's smile. And it's this beautiful smile. And, you know, Josh is like, hey, this is casual, right? And she's like, um, I just saved your life, bitch. Casual that. And, you know, I respect that. It's very sweet. You know, I don't like Margosh, but for this episode, I can appreciate the beginnings of it. Um, well, it doesn't last very long. Margosh. Margosh. Mm, Does it? I shan't say. Ugh, um, right. I personally, I believe that Margosh, Margo and Josh together as a couple only works in two ways, which is either they are fuck buddies, they fuck casually and that's it and they're still friends, or is or it's Josh is a wife guy and he loves Margo just so fucking much and 
and Wait, he just supports his strong... What's wrong with loving strong... your wife? Why no, are you, I'm, it's not why wrong. Why are you saying I'm that saying, is a bad thing? I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm saying those are the two, for me, those are the two acceptable kind of relationship dynamics for them as people. Is either they are fuck buddies and they're casual about it and they're still friends and there's no real, like, feeling oh, behind like, it. you mean like... Um, or it's like... Ross and Rachel. I don't know, friends, dude. Um, or it's Josh is a wife guy. Yes, they are dating, and Josh is like completely devoted and loves his awesome, super cool oh, you king mean of like, fillery girlfriend. You mean like Monica and Chandler? I don't know, friends. I don't care about friends. Um, but Josh says, you know, I'm sorry, I couldn't help with Elliot. And Margo says, I would have done anything to save him. But I think he might actually be gone. Aww. And it's this really sad moment. Episode four, low point for all of our heroes. Yes. And then we see Q and the monster. They're eating at a diner. And this is when no, the monster. No, Q is not eating. Well, Q is not eating. The monster is eating some fries. And the monster's like, yeah, I felt the moment his soul died. It was, you know, it hurt for a second, but it's whatever. And he's like, yeah, you'll come around. It's okay. I'll just like leave you here for a bit. I'm going to go get some more food. Um, and we get a, like, we get the zoom, zoom in into on the, the monster's eye. And it's that old chestnut. It's, it's Elliot. Elliot is living in his eye. He's living inside the monster. Um, and he's calling out for Margot, and he's stranded in, in what looks like the Break Bills campus. No, what it looks and like is the AHA out, video. Yeah, we pull out, and the edges of the world are, like, just Our drawn. AHA. Because it's not fully realized. Da, 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 You're going to traumatize da, da, people with that. Da, 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 da. Why? You know why. Take on me? Yeah. Why? You know why. Because That's, it's a great song. It's a song they sang. Well, who in sang? In the finale. You mean Aha sang? No, that's the song the Equestors sang in the finale. Oh, they sang at Take Q's On Me. Funerals. The well, that's the stu- most stupid song choice. No, I to think ever there's worse there's worse songs that you could pick than Take On Me. For a funeral? Me. Well, for a funeral, yeah, it's a pretty and bad especially choice. Especially if you could if you have the means to enter the underworld and save someone and the words of the song and the point of the song is that you're going to go save someone. You mean the point and of then the you music don't go video? Save them, and then the you music go video save them. you go into the comic book and yeah. you save them. And you don't go save them after singing that song? It's dumb. Dumb. Well, the aha vision. Speaking is cool. of dumb, it's the end of the episode. That is the end of the <laughs> it episode. It is the end of the episode. What would you rate it? Da 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 da. Oh, uh, I would rate it. You know, it was a pretty good episode actually. Uh, there was a lot of good stuff in it. There was that weird head, and uh, there was the werewolf shadow, and there was some funny haha with Josh. Some and there aha. Was, and there was some Margot Josh sex, and there was lots of creepy revelations. And there was, um, what else was in that? That was good. Oh, there was good acting by Chunks Lady uh, and uh, Mrs. Chunks. And <laughs> uh, what else? I don't know. It was good. I give it a five. Oh. Five beans. Interesting. I give it a uh, uh, 3.8. Why 3.8? Out of five God Because of all the pain? Because I don't like Margot. I don't like Christopher Plover is the oh, answer. Well, but Christopher Plover him, was a small part of this episode. But I hate him enough to dock it. He I'm do- sorry. He taints the if episode. He, w- he taints it. He taints it so much. If he were not there, um, then it would probably be a what four if, point What five if it were Santa me. instead of Christopher Plover? Then I would accept it, and then it would get a 4.5. A 4.5? 4. 4. What's the point five off Bro, of Bro, I don't like Margosh. 
I don't like it. Margot's I, just fun. I can respect it. I love that. I it love how she. Little... I love how she smiles at him. Yes, she's and very, I like Josh cute. in this episode. He's okay. Yes. He's respectful. He's a good guy. He's respectful. He's okay. He's trying to do the right thing. I know. He's trying to like I let know. people know I'm that I'm about his it... sexual transmitted uh, yeah. disease. He's a good. Giving it that he's reading. a good uh, uh, role I appreciate model this episode. for people with STDs. I stand by my reading. I just All don't right. like Blubber. All right. Um, well, but yeah, that's you my. Do you. my that's my lethal rating. All right. So what's going on in the fan world of the magicians? Well, actually, we have an email. Yay. It's been a while. But here Just it is. Just one? Just all one. that time? I you can send us email. an email um, at fillerianfather at gmail.com. Doesn't have to be very long. Doesn't even have to be well written. Yeah. It could just be a string of incomprehensible garbage. Exactly. This says, subject line says, too long away. It's from Ellen Simmons. It says, dear Evelyn and Scott, we are a third of the way into season four, and I'm sad to have missed every episode of Fillerian Father for this season. Aww. It is the busy time for beekeeping, beekeeping, horse riding, outdoor chores, and novel riding, and everything else is fallen to the side i can't wait until i can catch up hearing what you've been up to and being led through the adventures of the magicians once again it's as if there's a whole world carrying on without me and i've got to get home to it i'm on my way until then journey safe and stay happy ellen uh ellen thank, thank you, you for ellen. the letter and watch out for bees don't get stung yeah watch out for bees and don't get thrown off of horses but which is more dangerous a bee or a horse a horse a horse yeah horses horse can kick you they're huge so hard they're very big horses. yes sometimes they're frighteningly big Yes, frighteningly big. Yes. Well, be careful out there with your bees and your horses. Be careful. All right. Be careful. Ah, uh, there <laughs> you go. Ha, 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 ha. All right. So, uh, what's going on in fandom? Um, well, right now, the Philanthropy Bitches charity event is still going on. Um, you can get the Magician's Fan Book, the Philanthropy Bitches really nice. Magician's Fan Book for a minimum $15 donation. That'll get you the PDF of the fan book and a link to the two-print version mm. of it. You can also uh, get uh, fillery pins, uh, ember and umber pins. Wow. You can get, um, no filler um, you can get some yet. buttons made that look like the fillery buttons you there is actually an auction going on for some screen identified um costumes yeah. from the show as well and there are also bookmarks being sold um and you can also just kind of donate if, if you, you want just have just money like in general if you have money stuffed in your mattress and it's just not going anywhere yeah you can Donate a few of those bills you can to these uh, there's also chapter house. There's also still right? co covenant, covenant, covenant house. house, and there's right. also still the memory bear auction that is going on. Mm. This uh, this charity fundraiser buy a bad news is, bear is going until the like halfway through the end of August. You know we're still going strong. Please keep donating. Um, we're doing a great job here. And, you know, you can also go see The Great Filter, which is the show that Jason Ralph and Trevor Einhorn are in. Um, the, it opened up digitally today when, as of when we are recording this. I have a ticket. I have not watched it yet, but I'm excited too. Um, there is also The Magician's Big Bang that is going to be posting in August. Very exciting. Um, me and my partner are posting our stuff on the 30th. Uh, very excited for that. All the stories are really good. Um, and I'm looking forward to reading all of them. Um, and that is all I can think of right now that's been happening. All right. So if somebody wants to find you and find out more information about all this great stuff, where can they find you? You can find us at Fillerianfather at gmail.com, at Fillerianfather on, uh, on Twitter, and at Fillerianfather on TikTok. You can find me, um, Evelyn Rogers, at wow underscore underscore then on Twitter, at Fishy Dwarves on Instagram and on Patreon. 
also under the name Evelyn Rogers. I've been making a lot of stuff that I can't post right now. Um, so if you want to see it, you could like donate and, and like support me. That would be really cool. Um, and I have a website, EvelynLeeRogers.com. Uh, where can people find you? On Twitter at Mighty Bed Bug and on Instagram at Mighty Bed Bug. That's it. I got other socials, but yeah, you guys are all young. Yeah. You don't you don't go on LinkedIn or Facebook. Those are for old people. Okay. So you know, old people who are close to death and are about to have all their collectibles oh smashed you're by not, their children. You're not in close grief. to death. All right. Anyway, so uh, that's it. We're done. Uh, we're done. So just no. like Quentin's dad. We're not done. Oh, we're not donezies. All We're right. not done. All right. Well, next you... episode is Escape from the Happy Place. All right. Well, I'm excited. We'll just have to see if we escape from the Happy Place next episode of Fillory and Father. Father. Yay. Yay. Thanks for listening.